At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The thing with keto is that it was originally created for children who, with epilepsy. Right. They were having hundreds of seizures a day, and the keto diet was worked for them. And then someone realized that, ooh, we could lose weight off of this, so now let's make this... Turn on the market. A weight loss, you know, diet. The problem is that, is your liver okay? Can it process the high fat that you're about to eat? Are you, is, is, your, is your kidneys, are they okay? If you're gonna start it, you need to be under medical supervision. But in the long run, keto is not sustainable. I know people say, it's just, you know, you can do it forever. It's not sustainable. Like us as black folks, you you gonna not eat cornbread forever, 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 forever. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. We're glad to have you here with us again. Uh, unfortunately, Art is not with us today. He's out handling some business, but we got a dope-ass co-host in the building with me today as well. We have Melanie. You know her from the code switching episode, which is still one of the highest performing episodes that we have. So if you have not heard it, please go check it out. Melanie, thank you for being on the show with us today, ma'am. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Today's topic, I'm getting into it quick. We are talking nutrition, how you eat, all the things that we do or maybe should not do while black. And our host today is spot on. She is a rock star in the space. And I'm going to read to you just a little bit about her. Miss Joanne Fowlman. I'm not going to even go through all these initials behind your name because <laughs> uh, it's a lot of them. So I'm going to ask you to break that down. It's just okay. MSRDNCLT is a registered dietitian and nutritionist with a bachelor's degree in exercise science and dietetics and a master's degree in food and nutrition science. In addition, she has over 10 years' experience in the field of nutrition and is the owner of Wonderfully Nutritious Solutions, LLC. Joanne, thank you for coming to thank the show. Thank you for and having welcome. me. First thing, break down all that stuff behind your name. Well, the MS I is know my master's. masters. RDN, we used to be just called RD, but we're trying to reclaim back that nutritionist term because people think there's an actual difference. Like, well, there is an actual difference, but people think that dietitians are not nutritionists. Right. So they think we're separate entities, but right. we are the nutrition expert. So right. now we're adding that in back Right. At the end of it to be RDN. Okay. And then 
Which, what's the other one? She, I think she CLT. Got, she got CLT. so many. She don't even know. <laughs> it's CLT. CLT is a certified leap therapist. That's just a certification I added on mm-hmm. after my, you know, I left school or whatnot. It's basically um, a certification I got in um, inflammatory uh, therapy or in t- food intolerance. Right. So all so, that says is you are educated as hell. You know what you're talking about. It's something like that. Cool, cool, cool. We got it. So we normally do our wild black shit here, and we're going to do that. But before we start, I kind of want to ground us in why this episode is so important. And by the way, this has been requested a couple times as well. We've had I guess, at least 10 or 15 guests. I did the same thing last one. At least 10 or 15 listeners to write in and ask specifically to talk about nutrition and why their soul food isn't good for them or how they can make it better for them. So we're going to talk about that today, but I want to hit with a a couple quick stats. Black folks are two and a half half times more likely to be diagnosed with diabetes. We are one and a half times more likely to be obese, and we have some of the highest blood pressure readings in the entire world. Mm. And most of this is derived directly from the food that we put into our bodies, correct? That's right. Cool. So we got the right one today. All right, so before we jump into our wild black shit, I want to do another warm-up, something I just created on the fly, but I thought it would be good for people real quick. So I've got four very quick questions for you. Okay. And I want to see how well of a job you can do answering them in like 30 seconds each. It's like an an elevator pitch for some questions people really, really want to know. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. If I want to lose weight, I should do what? Make half your plate vegetables. And colorful vegetables is that. Maybe that, that third. So I can I can put colorful vegetables and then fried ham hocks on the plate? Let's no. Okay, no, just no. Somebody was thinking it. Right. Somebody was probably thinking it. Make half your plate vegetables, a quarter of it a starch, a quarter of it a lean protein. Okay, cool. If I want to gain weight, I should increase your calories. Okay. I can have my fried chicken now? No. Okay. You can increase your calories in different ways, depending on the kind of kind of weight that you want to gain if you're trying to gain muscle weight. Right. Um all we all we're always trying to gain muscle weight or lean mass. Right. So again, so that same concept of lean protein in the starch. So you just increase the kind of lean protein in the kind of starch that you're eating. Okay. Okay. If I want my blood test results to come back more favorably, I want to see my cholesterol go down and whatever else comes back in that blood panel. What should I do? Make this a lifestyle and not just a temporary thing. So the same thing that I was just speaking of. Um, making your plates healthier by having more green, uh, colorful, reds, blues, purples on your plate, mm-hmm. having lean protein on your plate, having good quality carbohydrates, so not highly processed carbohydrates on your plate, and then exercising. So it's a whole uh, combination of things. Right. It's not like, oh, exercise is better than nutrition or nutrition is better than exercise. It's a whole combo that you have to put together for those numbers to change. But then I always want people to know that you you always want to say that I've done the best to my abilities to make myself healthy. But at the end of the day, genetics may be you. All right, so we want to get into our wild black shit. Three questions, two of which are fun, funny, warm-up questions. And the third is our signature question. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So the first one is, the age-old question, is cornbread supposed to have sugar in it? Are you asking me as a professional or as a, a black 
person who cooks. Mm-hmm, there's a, exactly. There's a different <laughs> difference, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you would I would I would like for you to not have sugar right. in your cornbread or like white table sugar in your cornbread. Right. Or if you were gonna add something to sweeten it up, maybe adding something like maple syrup. Right. Um is you know, sugar in maple your syrup. Cornbread? Um yeah, there is, but it's not white table sugar is not what I usually would okay. use. And Again, because of my background as a Haitian-American, cornbread is not something that we were raised on. Mm. So cornbread is something that I've, I've adapted after living here in the United States. Do you and like cornbread? I do. Okay, I love you're, cornbread. You're black card secure. Just check. Okay. I know. I love cornbread now. But, I mean, the way I make it is just my own take on it. It's not like right. my mama, my grandmama, or somebody like that gave me recipes. Right. It's what this I've— is your, This is your right, cornbread. This is what I've made it out to be for myself. Okay. Right. Mel, are you putting sugar in your cornbread? Yes. <laughs> she looks so ashamed. You gotta look away. Yes, I am. Now, are, are you eating Jiffy? No. Okay, right. good. I'm just so checking. So you're making it I'm from checking. scratch. I'm just yeah, you really good. Meal. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just checking. Do black people still eat Jiffy? I think so. Because mm. I... I've gone down south of here and I, I'll tell them like stuff that I put in my cornbread and they're like, so you didn't use Jiffy? And mm. I'm like, we we still y'all still doing that? Jiffy's cake. That ain't cornbread. That is cake. It is cake. Mm. It's so sweet. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last question, and you, I think you probably expected this one, but what do you love most about life while black? I love everything about life while black. I mean, I, I will be truthful. Being raised as a Haitian American, mm-hmm. well, when I my experience as a Haitian, it's kind of like white is right. A little bit. Right. So, you know, we were colonized by the French, French French-speaking people, lighter-skinned people, you know, quote-unquote good hair people are the elite, right? Right. So that's what people, you know, aspire to be, you know, to be French-speaking and whatnot. So my, my growing up, you know, I always was the, oh, man, why isn't my hair that texture or... Why aren't my eyes blue or kind of concept? So it wasn't really until, and my dad is a very much black or was a very much black man, you know, black history, history overall historian person. Right. And for me, I wish now I had just really listened and just absorbed everything that he had to teach me instead of like, oh, you not another story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until like my, I would say like my early 30s that I really, really embraced my blackness. And I'm like, now I'm like all about being black. Like I love being black. I love my skin color. I love, um, you know, my hair texture. I was like, I love your hair. (laughs) Thank you. Like things that I I did not (laughs) like about myself, my voice. I thought my voice was so deep. Mm And, you know, like all those things I just love about myself, about being, you know, this is what makes me Joanne. And, you know, being black makes me Joanne. Being Haitian-American makes me Joanne. Being Haitian I think I think it's a really interesting thing. The fact that you talked about being 30 before you really began to embrace your blackness. And the thing that stands out to me about that is we have to deprogram ourselves in order to embrace ourselves, right? Yes, There's no place that we're taught to love our hair and our skin tones no. and our shapes and our, our, our everything about us. There's no place, literally, most of the planet that teaches us that from right. birth. So we've got to fight through the education that we're getting to learn how to love and embrace ourselves. Right. So, 
I completely, I completely get that. All right, so I want to get into the dope quote real quick. And the dope quote is the anchor point for the entire episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a thematic and a quote, typically out of the mouth of someone black. Uh, but today's dope quote is not. But it definitely has impact on the, on the black culture. So I'll jump in and read it real quick. The food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison mm-hmm. by Anne Wigmore. I have no idea who the hell Anne Wigmore is. I don't is, know who she is either. But the quote was dope. So, but that, that I, so I, I, I um, concur with her. I, I subscribe to that. Quote. What do you think about that? I, I agree with it totally. Food can either heal you or destroy your body. 99% of inflammation is caused by food. Damn. So 99%. 99%. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that is... We can shut it down. I learned something already. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is a good good number. Like you, So basically, the disease, the diseases that we are experiencing in the world today has to do with something that, or your lifestyle, the way you ate, it has something to do with it. It right. may not be the only thing, like we were speaking of earlier, genetics. There's always a genetic component to things. But food was a, a great part of that. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. It, so we, we had a cancer researcher um, come on several weeks back. And she talked about the overwhelming tie between food and disease. Mm-hmm. And specifically to, to cancer as well. And it, it, almost, it almost breaks your heart because you know how many of us succumb or die to cancer right. every single year. And it makes you sit back and wonder, wow, are we responsible for that? Was our was our choice to eat the fried chicken in the in the ham box that I joked about earlier? Was our choice to do that? It was what led ch- to us getting out of here at fifty one years old, right? Ninety two. Right. I mean, it may not. It wasn't our choice necessarily. It's what we had to do to survive at right. one point, right? You know. Yeah, and I honestly think that we don't do enough of educating each other mm-hmm. on it, and so it's like just because. This is what we are used to eating. Right. That's yep. what we continue to eat. And then that's what our children eat. Right. And you look at school lunches and all of these things. It's like there's no place where we can go to get real information um, unless you're talking to a dietitian and nutritionist. Right. I mean, it, we it, got it, one that's here today. I know. <laughs> so I, I want to jump in and start asking some of these questions here. Um, the first one, we hear so much about all these, whether you want to call them diets or mm-hmm. lifestyles or, or how to eat, whether it's Whole30 or, or keto or, or paleo or right. I'm vegetarian, I'm vegan, I'm pescatarian. Right. There's so many things out there. Right. What's real? The realness, the, the realness is that these are money makers. True mm-hmm. story. That's, That's the real. realness <laughs> of it. The truth of the matter is we should be living a lifestyle where Everything is in moderation. I mean, we've been saying this for ages about everything is in moderation. Mm -hmm. It has not changed. Everything should be in moderation. If you choose personally, religiously, that you want to be a vegan, you don't want to eat animal products or whatnot, that's great. You can live a healthy healthy lifestyle doing that. But that doesn't mean to say that this is for everyone. The thing about the diets that are out nowadays is that they are very commercialized it's it's like I said, a moneymaker. So yeah, everybody's got they're, a keto tr- product they're selling now. Everyone has a keto product that they're selling now. The thing with keto is that it was originally created for children who with epilepsy. Right. They were having hundreds of seizures a day, and the keto diet was worked for them. And then 
Someone realized that, ooh, we could lose weight off of this. So now let's make this. Turn on the marketing. Machine. A weight loss, you know, diet, which is crazy. My thing with keto is that I'm not against keto because of the fact that we've used it clinically for these kids who've right. gone through, you know, who are going through seizures or whatnot. The problem is that in the regular world, outside of the clinical world, where people are just going on keto, not knowing what their status is, based, meaning, is your liver okay? Can it process mm-hmm. the high fat that you're about to eat? Are you, is, is, your, is your kidneys, are they okay? So we may not know our current diagnosis, our, um, you know, our medical history, you know, and we right. just start these. So you're saying keto may not be bad, but it may not be right for you. It may not be person. right for you. So gotcha. my thing with keto is that I always say, if, you, if you're going to start it, you need to be under medical supervision. But in the long run, keto is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I know people say, it's just, you know, you can do it forever. It's not sustainable. True story. Like us as black folks, you, you're going to not eat cornbread for the I'm rest of your life. I'm going to tell that cornbread ass out. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Are I you going to remove cornbread from your life <laughs> forever? I saw some crackling. You're not going to do that. Who Jesus does that? that and the thing bread. with being in keto genesis, like, to, you know, being keto genesis, having ketones in your body is that, like, one little mis, I'm going to call it mistake, like, throws not eating out. the right, it throws you off and you're longer in um, keto, ketosis. Like, you're right. not. I bet half the people doing keto don't even know what the hell ketosis even and is. Not, they, and right, and they're not going to know it. They right. just see they just whoever's doing it online. They're they hard about to explode. Right, and they're like, they're just, you know, whatever. They're just, just going to... putting butter in their coffee and eating a lot of bacon. <laughs> right, what's, what's eating the lard. Coffee, right? That's it, that's it. <laughs> so so for me, like, all these diets, you know, there's just names on top of them. A lot of them are similar. There's just titles and names to get you to follow, purchase, whatever. When in reality, if you're living a life where you're incorporating lots of plants, you know, colorful, like I eat the rainbow, mm-hmm. eat the rainbow. You're eating the rainbow, you're getting tons of nutrients. Don't remove carbohydrates and, from your and, diet. And folks, if you eat the rainbow, that doesn't mean you can just sprinkle paprika on your chicken and call it red. You got, right. to, you got to do this the right way. Right. <laughs> when I'm talking about the rainbow, I'm talking about the plant-based stuff, like... Don't just eat, I eat kale every day and I'm good. But in that kale, can we add some red bell peppers? Can we add some uh, some Bacon blueberries on there? Bacon does not work. <laughs> Bacon kale. You know, you just got to make it colorful. And then removing carbohydrates, that's crazy. Like, our bodies need carbohydrates. The, the thing, the problem with the United States is that we overeat carbohydrates. Right. So we're eating more than we should be eating. Right. So if we were eating the right amount, right. you know, we may not be having the issues that we are having with obesity right. um, that we're having here in the United States. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up carbs because I wanted to talk, talk about that a little bit. So you, you've already said that carbs are, are not the devil, right? They're not the devil. So for everyone who is interested in limiting their carbs mm-hmm. or being more mindful in how they right. consume their carbs, what should they is is brown rice better than white rice? Is quinoa better than the brown rice? Like, how right. does this work? what's the hierarchy? If there I'm is not going to say quinoa or white rice or brown rice one is better than the other because mm-hmm. I'm a Haitian American. I eat a lot of white rice, right? But when I say I eat a lot, meaning that I have it in my diet regularly, but on my plate when I'm eat, sitting down to eat, it's not an overabundance of white rice. Right. So let's say you are a diabetic person, right? right. And you're like. 
oh, the doctor said brown rice is better, so I'm just going to eat brown rice. Mm-hmm. That's, and you're overeating that brown rice. Your blood sugars are still going to spike. Just because it's, it's brown rice, it doesn't mean talking. that it's going to, you know, not spike your blood sugar. Right. So the issue is it's the type of foods that we're eating, the processed right. carbohydrates, and you know, the the, the the carbohydrates that don't look like it's looked in its original form. Right. So I always say eat as close, eat foods that are as close to its original form, like looks as close right. to its original form. Gotcha. So if you're doing that and you're eating the quinoa, you're eating brown rice, you're eating white rice, but you're portion sizing, you're not overdoing it, you sh- you're not going to have the issues that we're having now. You right. don't need to remove carbohydrates right. from Just your diet. Eat, eat from a controlled place. So you, you talk about doing it the right way. So for that person or those people mm-hmm. who have been eating the way I grew up eating. It was like, you just put it on your plate and you right. eat until you're full, right? Right. So when you grow up overeating and you don't have a really good understanding of what proper portion control looks like, mm-hmm. when you start talking about eating carbs the right way, what does portion control look like? What is What should it really be? Is two cups of rice too much for the average person? Yeah, it is too much for mm-hmm. the average person to, to cook cups of rice. Yeah, that's too much. You're a tall man, so right. I'm not going to tell you you know, to limit your rice to one serving, like right. which is usually like that cooking spoon that we used to cook. Like that one spoon is one serving. They lie. So for you, you know, you're a pretty tall <laughs> guy. That's so. not what I would recommend for you. So again, like that cookie cutter, if everybody gets one, the same one thing. One spoon of rice, my, my stomach would leave me. I like, would walk away. <laughs> and not the way I want it. It would like get out. It would be gone. Right. So and then, and then if you're somebody who's exercising, like you're regularly exercising right. every day. You need more. Again, I wouldn't be telling you that one you know, scoop of rice is your portion size. So it vary. It does vary from person to person. But if you follow the plate method that I was talking about, mm-hmm. where you're making half your plates, some sort of vegetable, a quarter protein and a quarter starch, mm-hmm. what's, you're, what's you're starting plate somewhere. What size are you talking about? What size is this, is this plate? The plate? Yeah, it's a normal that's, that's American now. size. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what size this is. My father had a plate. I'm making with my hands. That, I mean, we could probably all sit on the plate. <laughs> just putting it out there. What about sugar? What about it? Is it is it the devil? Sugar again is not the devil. You sure? No. Okay, just I'm not. I'm not. Um, um, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Processed sugar, white table sugar. Ah. Okay. Is that the devil? That could be the devil. Because right. I will say that is the one thing that I think most of the diets that they come out with, they like all tell you to avoid sugar. Right. And when I say processed sugar, everything Krispy Kreme is processed. Count as sugar is if. No, that's pure sugar. That's could be the devil. It's a tasty devil, but it's that devil is good as shit. Well, that it devil. is. It is. Mm. It's pretty good, but it's it could be the devil. Um, so what you know, all sugar that we have, like brown sugar, whatever, it's all processed to right. a point. But you know, with the white sugar, it's like the end all of processing. Like they've stripped everything out of it. So like white sugar would be like. The trump of sugars. You could, yeah, I, I agree to that. I agree to that. Sugar is slightly like, a little bit cane better. Sugar is slightly a little bit better. Barack is agave brown, nectar. Brown sugar and Trump is white sugar. Would you or call like Obama? Sugar. He's he's agave. He's agave. Honey, he give me the good natural stuff. The good stuff. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. So right. my question to Sorry, you no. is: As you're ranking and you're prioritizing sugars, what do you think about the artificial sweeteners, stevia? Well, that's not artificial, but. 
So with the artificial sweeteners, especially as someone who is chronically ill, like their diabetes, blood sugar, blood glucose is like through the roof. And we're trying to get that into control. in control. I would recommend, okay, this person, they're used to putting 10 packs, packets of, you know, sugar, regular sugar at work in their coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get them to start changing their behavior. That person, I would make recommendations of, let's start with just using um, equal, you know. So like step or program. Splenda. Or, yeah, or, or Splenda really, yeah, or something okay. like that. For us who do not have blood glucose issues, I would not recommend regular use of artificial sweeteners. Mm. Um, I'm of the mindset of, like I said, the closer it is to its original form. Like, if God didn't make it, I'm skeptical of it. Mm-hmm. I think God made Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> what? I'm pretty. I think He did. <laughs> right, because right, right. we, we really don't know what manna from heaven was. That could have been know. Krispy Kreme. We don't donuts. know. You're right. I'm just saying, right. we don't know that. They ate it for what, for 40 years. It right. must have been really good. Right. It had to be Krispy Kreme. To eat some for 40, it's got to be Krispy Kreme. It got to be good. Years. I don't like Krispy Kreme. <laughs> what? It's too much. It's very too much. Sweet. My husband, he ate a box of this thing oh, in college. Like, oh. I, that's exactly <laughs> what they did. That's exactly what happened because they overdid it. Y'all. Y'all you, you don't like? I don't. I can't. You it's can't too eat much. a whole box? Have you tried, though? Just be, have you tried? I don't want to. <laughs> After Sorry. two, like, it gets stuck right there. Like, the sh- it's not going down anymore. I That's can't. That's just because you got to recognize when stuff is really good, it wants to slow down this processing. No, but you can enjoy it longer. That's sir. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. That's sick. No. That's sick. Right. So, let me, so back to the sugar. I, I want to make sorry, make sure the audience clearly understands what I'm saying about the sugar. So our issue in the United States is that sugar is everywhere. It's in our sauces, like our marinara sauces. It's in our dressing. It's in everything that you would not think sugar would be in. Right. Because you, you're just thinking of... And it's know, hidden with sweet. names other than sugar. It's hidden with names other than sugar. So this is why, you know, studies have been done or... And, and, People are making statements that sugar is the devil because, again, we're overdoing it just like soy. Like soy is in everything now. It's in candy. It's in gum. So once we start overusing things and it's no longer in moderation, Mm -hmm. we may think it's in moderation. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't eat a cookie today. But what about that marinara sauce you put in your uh, pasta that you made tonight? Did it have sugar in it? Right. Like, um, they didn't have added sugar, I should right. say. So there's a difference between added sugar and naturally occurring sugars that are in our fruits and in our vegetables or whatnot. Right. So that's that's the problem with us in the United States is that it's in the sugar is everywhere. So now it's affecting us health wise. So your body processes things, you know, in a in a certain way. So if you overconsume more than you should be eating on a daily basis, right. Whatever it is that you've eaten, your body stores it in fat. That's how the body stores energy. So you eat sugar. It's not fat, but you overeat sugar. Your body, in ex- you know, you over you eat it in excess. Your body's gonna store it as fat. Right. So I'm just re- I'm extra energetic. Then I got you. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. So I, w- I want to ask you about about soul food. Right. So that's the context. This question is normally delivered to us. Um, we love soul food. Right. Mm-hmm. What are you? What are your thoughts on how? Americanized soul food is consumed. Probably shouldn't say Americanized soul food, right? Because how much of it would be? Soul food is really it's it is American. It's American. Yeah, but that's my point. Like we didn't necessarily Americanize it. It was it was, no, it was yeah, here already. Right. Right. It was yeah. It's what was given out to us. Like right. 
you can't have the good meat, but right. you can have these intestines. Because this this is the thing that I learned about soul food, right? We when we talk about soul food today, we're talking about macaroni and cheese and fried chicken and all this kind of stuff like that. But initially, soul food was significantly more healthy than it is today because of the things that we were given, right? You had much smaller portions of meat and everything else was veggie-based, right? Because you got the things that were left over. So soul food as it's known today, is it as bad for us as we think? And what kind of tips can you give people to make it better for them? Okay. Now, I don't know that it was healthier. It may have been healthier than it is now. Yes. But it was the leftovers is what they were giving us. So we had to survive and do what we could with it to make it tasty and eat it, fat backs, whatnot, whatever it was. Um, granted, again, it was more whole foods because yep. we were going out. It wasn't processed at the time. Yeah, it wasn't right. processed. So it was definitely better than it is now. So, I mean, nowadays, we, we're just like overdoing it. Like you look at a soul food plate, the little collard greens on the side are right. like one-tenth of the plate. And in those collard greens are probably, it's probably made with some kind of fat bag or bacon, ham hocks. You know, saturated fats are just like making making that collard green just useless after a point with all the stuff that's in it. So how do we make it better? Right. Making it better is basically us removing a lot of the animal products that we are putting in in the food. So with soul food, animal products are pretty much in every single Dish right. the the cornbread, the mac and cheese, yeah. the collard greens, the the meat portion itself, yeah. whatever it is that you're cooking is an animal product, and in those animal products are saturated fats right. that are increasing our risks for heart disease. Um, the sodium content of the soul food is increasing our risks for high blood pressure. Right. So we just got to switch it up. You can still have good soul food, and Flavor it up, your, you know, without these extra, you know, ingredients that are causing it to be um, unhealthy. What is your favorite, like, seasoning for meats? Mm, I, garlic salt. Garlic yeah, salt? me too. Garlic, garlic salt. salt. What about the combo ones that are used a lot? What is your favorite? Uh, I tip, so you don't use with a lot me, of those? I typically do a lot of garlic salt. I do, and I do a lot of, like, paprika. A lot of thyme, mm-hmm. rosemary, things like that's that. Like but I, I've, I've grown to that. Right. It used to be Lowry's. <laughs> right? right. That's what I used to be using. Right. So you've switched up in a, a better way. So right. I'm not saying that Lowry's is bad. I can't off the top of my head tell you the ingredients in there because I've, I've not really used Lowry's. That's not something like the first 15 ingredients of salt. salt, salt, but salt. It, it, <laughs> from, what I, from what I remember... Tasting it like at a friend's house or whatnot, it it was very salty. Yep. It is. So mm-hmm. what I recommend is you making your own mix seasoning mixture mm. and not putting salt in it. So like you just said, like I found you, flavor. You found flavor. Right. So you use paprika, you use rosemary, you use thyme, you use parsley. It doesn't have to be fresh. It could be dried. Yep. You can mix it all up and make your own bottle. You can leave them separately. I have them separately and I just grab what I want to mm-hmm. make my food flavored and tasty. And then I add salt, you know, and it's as needed. Right. As needed. And and I'm not saying not to cook with salt. We just overdo it. You know, we overdo the, like salt is not what makes food taste good. Right. But for the longest, I think that's what we thought. That's I what know we that's thought. what I thought. And that's probably what we had access to. Like, you know, being able to use all these different herbs and stuff, you're not going to find that in the corner store. Mm-hmm. True. In the hood. True. 
You're going to find that big green and white bottle of Creole seasoning. <laughs> right. You'll get Old Bay. You'll get Lowry's. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's about it. And that generic seasoned salt. That's all it right. says. Or right. seasoned pepper now, which is salty pepper. Right. So, I mean, if you're making your mac and cheese, you're making your cornbread or whatnot, try to not use an animal-based uh, um, ingredients in right. all those. You know, mix it up. So, like for me, my mac and cheese, I'll use... Um, some animal products. So I'll use like maybe butter. Right. And then I'll use almond milk instead of like heavy cream or something right, like that. Right, right. So again, over usage of these ingredients, over usage of dairy, over usage of saturated fats, it's not no longer in moderation. So right. then it, now it's affecting our bodies. So one thing you said, I want I want to add something for our listeners. You talked about Avoiding some of the the animal the animal the animal proteins basically right. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about pulling out some of that from your cooking, whether it's the milk products you use in the macaroni and cheese or right. it's the ham hock you use when you make greens, um, I want to take a step further but stay in that same thematic. What are some non animal based proteins? that are good for us and deliver the protein that we need. Because right now, you see this trend where everyone's really pushing for protein. They're following their macros. When they're working out, right. their trainers are telling them, make sure you get a lot of protein. They've got them right. eating all this. Right. So how can they still maintain their protein goals but do it in a more healthy way? Okay. Let me make a comment on this, what you said the trainers are telling people to mm-hmm. do or whatnot. We, we already eat enough protein in the United States. Mm-hmm. No one is not eating enough protein for the gotcha. most part. Muscle is, is not... You don't you you don't get more muscle by eating more protein. Right. You get more muscle by lifting heavier weights. So the heavier you you increase your weights, right. the more muscle you're gonna gain. Gotcha. Now that protein is feeding the muscle. Gotcha. But just increasing your protein intake is not gonna make you right bulkier or whatnot. So we work to do. Right. So right. we're not just we. I don't worry about people's protein intake um, in the United States as I would their vegetable and fruit intake or gotcha. whatnot. Now, protein, animal, um, non-animal-based protein, you can find it. Amino acids are the building block of protein. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term before. So amino mm-hmm. acids are the building block of protein. So with amino acids, our bodies make a certain amount, and then the rest we have to get from our foods right. for that protein to be made whole. Right. So with our foods, nuts, grains, um, so we're talking about like black beans, we're talking about um, rice, we're talking about quinoa, um, which is like one of the, um, quinoa is one of the, um, one of the only plant-based whole proteins. Really? Yeah. So I love you quinoa. can eat quinoa by itself and it really has the amino acids that you need to make, you know, to be a building block for, for protein. So combining um, certain grains and certain legumes together. So... If you add your rice with your black beans, you're making a good, complete protein. Hmm. If you're mixing, like, something simple as a peanut butter sandwich is a complete, like, combining. When you combine them together, that's making a complete protein. Gotcha. Um, So you can get it from a plant-based diet. You can get protein from a plant. It doesn't have to be an animal-based. But I'm not saying that you should be a vegan or you should not be a vegan. But I'm you can saying, get it however you choose. You can there. get it however you choose. And we should be le- living a plant-based life where the majority of our foods are coming from plant sources. But that right. doesn't mean we need to eliminate animal products. Right. We just need to not, not be doing it the way we've been doing it, which is overdoing, over, it. overdoing gotcha. it. 
right? So we just have a problem with just overdoing it generally. We are overdoing, yeah. We like we see something, we focus on it, and we just do it like crazy. Gotcha. So outside of overdoing it, what are what are some misconceptions that we have about what's healthy here? In the in the United right, States. <laughs> well, I mean, if we see a celebrity do it, or now if we see an influencer do it on a social media, we automatically think it's it's healthy. Right. Um, I've met and had and worked with a lot of overweight vegans. You know, being vegan doesn't mean that you're gonna be slim. And right. skinny. You can be an unhealthy know. vegan. And right, you can be an unhealthy vegan. You can be a vegan. I've met vegans who don't eat vegetables. What, it, what, are, what are they eating? What are they eating? They're eating all carbs. They're eating processed um, French fries. Foods like processed meat, <laughs> uh, um, you know, like, fake, like soy based meats. Like soy based meats, like meatless um, tofu meats. And those are, can be highly processed and so high in sodium. Mm. You know, so. so so, go ahead. I got, go ahead. I'm so sorry. just because you're, you know, you think you're doing it, you know, veganism and health are not equal. Yeah, gotcha. So tell me this. You mentioned like the non-meat stuff. Mm-hmm. What in the hell is the Impossible Burger? <laughs> and why is it so doggone popular? Uh, because, again, once something starts being commercialized and everybody and their mama's doing it, your friend's doing it. It becomes very popular. So, so the vegans doing it, they make some money on that. Impossible and they are burger, making some boy. money. So I was looking at one of the local burger places here and somebody was telling me like, look at this. This is this is so healthy. It's, you know, the Impossible Burger. And I looked at it and I said, that ain't healthy. <laughs> it's meatless, but it ain't healthy. It's meatless, but it is not healthy. It's probably, it's it's tasty. Right. And I'm, the one I'm pretty sure great. they're not even like, saying, like, that's not their advertisement that we're selling healthy burgers. We're just a vegan spot. Right. So, tell me this. What about um, liquids? Yes. So, we talked about the fake sugars, if you will. Right. What about, like, we're talking about LaCroix. And what was the other one you mentioned earlier? Uh, Spindrift. Right, that. and So, so part of my reason for shifting to it is because, like, I grew up on sodas Mm -hmm. and pops. So, it's like, I still have something that's kind of bubbly and refreshing, right. but I get no sugar. Right. But um, like, I'm like, well, what's in here? And why? how does it get its taste? Right. Natural flavors? It says naturally essenced. What does that mean? Mm. That's that, that's that, that good marketing thing it says, lingo. Does it say natural flavors in there? It says carbonated water, and it says naturally essenced. Mm. I don't even face. know what that means. So it's naturally flavored, basically. Essenced. Is that as um, good as regular water? But, yeah, I mean it's 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 water is of course at the tier top of the of the hierarchy when it comes to fluids. Right. That's what you want to drink. But like she was saying like she grew up in sodas and she wanted to make a behavioral change. So it's a step. It's and a step. be able want to be able to stay co- consistent in doing so and because that bubbly uh carbonation reminded her you know of what she used to drink and right. kept her drinking that water. It worked great for her. Right. Like, I'm a Perrier girl right now, especially with my pregnancy. Like, this really helps within my indigestion. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me stay hydrated. Right. Um, even as a dietitian, hydration is, like, my downfall. And right. it's not that I'm drinking non-water uh, products. It's not. I'm, I'm just not drinking enough, enough water. Right. So, there's nothing wrong with them. So, with natural flavors, 
the problem is that you never know what that natural flavor is. Uh. So the FDA has a list of food items that they've they put on the list that is allowed to be used under the natural flavor. So natural flavor could be any of this. It could be any of this. Yeah. Um. So I'm fine with that. So I, if you feel like you want to drink more water and you want that extra carbonation to keep you interested in drinking water, go on ahead and drink those carbonated waters. There's nothing wrong with them if they are calorie-free, sugar-free. Like, they don't have anything else in them but the yeah. essence, the natural essence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why Spindrift uses real fruit juice. It they uses, real- yeah, so yeah. Um, that's some, actually my favorite one. It's this a little bit pricier, too. They're like a dollar. Them. Can you They're get really it good. Right. Can you get it at Publix? Yes. Okay. And Kroger everywhere. Okay. Um, I wouldn't sure if I had to go to Whole Foods or nothing for that. No, no, no. They have it at the other my places, and they're different. they're made with real fruit juice. So I like the lemon one, mm-hmm. and they have a grapefruit one. Right. Um, I love those they, in general, so I want to try that one. Yeah. And adding, like, yourself at home, adding like, lemons to your... All the, you know, that makes it... Interesting. Not everyone wants to sit and drink water all the time. It not, may not be of interest to you, but if you add a little flavor at home to it, add a little orange, you know, lime, lemon, oranges to mm-hmm. flavor it up. If that keeps you interested, go on ahead and do it. There's no problem. I don't see any issues with those um, cool. carbonated flavored drinks. When you take on a new client and they simply want to eat better, right? They want to mm-hmm. eat better and reap the health benefits of that. How do you help them start? And find success? You know, it differs from client to client. It all depends on their the barriers that are stopping them. Mm. Some people, their barriers are psychologically related. And gotcha. I can't help you until you go see somebody else. Someone else. Right. Okay. Um, so then we're looking at financial issues or medical issues that you may be having. So we we tackle your history to find out what has been the the hindrance, what has caused you to not be able to make the changes that you've made. So I always do a food journal. So with food journaling, one, it helps me see what you've been eating, Mm -hmm. where you may be going wrong, what you may not be getting enough of. And then from there, I start making my recommendations. Okay. Um, Depending on what it is that they're coming to me for. Um, And I always recommend food journaling to folks just it keeps it helps you to visualize to see you know how much of what you're eating you are actually eating because you may think you're oh I don't eat a lot of this or I don't eat a lot of that when you write it down and you look at it right and there's actually been a study that has been done to to and it the results were that food journaling helps um increase the chance of your success when it comes to weight loss my big surprise was when I, I started paying attention to how many peanuts and almonds I was eating it like at, at right. 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Like a handful turned into four or five. Right. A and handful. And you've eaten half of the, the carton or whatnot. Right. So a handful is the recommendation for nuts. And then you eat a whole bag of cashews, which are my faves. Then you've done, you've overdone it. You probably ate 2,000 calories. You didn't even realize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found out. <laughs> so I found out. What mistakes do you see people making other than the one we're talking about now? What are the biggest mistakes that your clients come back and be like, hey, I just, I can't get past this? Currently, the biggest mistake I, I see people making is thinking that what works for their friend is going to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my friend is on this. I've tried it. It's not working. What am I doing wrong? Well, it just may not be what's going to work for you. Um, thinking, again, that one diet, like we said, 
being a vegan or being on keto or paleo or whole 30 right. is the end all be all for everyone. Right. Um, that's not true. Um, and it's usually most of the time all fine. People are just not eating enough vegetables or adding enough um, f- fresh or even steam cooked or whatnot vegetables to their diet. Like they they think they are, but they're not. One of the um, recommendations I always make to people to help them to jumpstart is, you know, using a smoothie, like your own homemade smoothie, mm-hmm. where you're adding like three cups of leafy, leafy greens, whatever your choice is, with some fruits. I'm using like coconut water or or almond milk mm-hmm. in it and blending all that up. So we're not using a juicer. So because we're using a blender, blender, all the fiber is still there. Right. All the nutrients are still there and using that as a meal replacement for yourself. So or in and adding like if you want to add some um, nutty taste, like I, I like adding like a scoop of peanut butter, a tablespoon gotcha. of peanut, peanut butter to it. Something like that will help you jumpstart your journey. And um, you know exactly what's in it. Right. You know, all the healthy ingredients that are in it. So I do find that people are not eating enough fibrous foods. Mm-hmm. And that's where their problem lies. Gotcha. What about when people are... So I, I know a lot of people lose weight or try to lose weight. And the first thing they do is cut their calories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is going too far in cutting your calories? Ooh. I've seen people who are on like 800 calorie diets. That is too far. So your caloric needs are based on your your height, your physical activity, your daily activity. If you sit at the office all day and you're 5'2", the amount of calories you need is not going to be the same calories that you, you know, would need. But at like medical facilities where someone is extremely obese, they're watching them they may put them on an 800-calorie diet. Mm-hmm. So they're being monitored by a medical professional. Right. But uh, the layperson outside of that, I would not recommend going below. Usually 1,500 calories is like a good average for women. Gotcha. Um, our you know, average women height in the United States is about 5'4". Right. So that would be uh, you know, a good number to say. But I can never really just say this is the number for everyone because everyone has different... Act- like, if you work out every day, I can't say that 1,500 calories is what's for you, even though you're 5'4". Gotcha. So it depends on each person. Remember, so I was a box, and I work out at a... a, a octop- it's called Octopus Gym. You do boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, weights, all that kind of stuff like that. And they went... So I've lost, like, 30 pounds in the last, I don't know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about my goals, and when they gave me my caloric intake goal, it scared the hell out of me. Um, they told, I think it was like thirty two hundred calories right. I needed to lose weight, right? Which is shocking because you would think that's a lot of, especially the combination of thirty two hundred calories and then trying to eat clean. I was eating all right. day long because when you when you eat like you should, like you, if you eat boneless, skinless chicken breast and steamed green beans. You ain't getting nowhere near your 3,000 calories. No. You got to eat that all day. Right, right. Caloric deprivation, people don't think that caloric deprivation can lose, um, can cause weight gain, but mm-hmm. it can. Right. Like not eating enough calories, your body goes into that mindset of... Go back to that story. We're, we're in a desert, like we don't have enough food, so we're not going to metabolize, process things like we should. Let's store, store, store. 
So that's another issue I'll find. And doing the food journal will let me see, okay, you're not eating enough. That's why you're, you've reached, um, you've plateaued. Are people in your, honest in their journals? They are. They are. And you get them talking. So once you get them talking and you're probing them, you'll find where people are trying to hold things back. Because I'm like, you're paying me. So if you're not going <laughs> right. to tell me the truth, you're just wasting your money. So you need, you got to be as honest as you can be, as you know, so that I can help you because that's what you came to me for. Right. So I'll find things. And, you know, um, especially with my um, inflammatory therapies, I'll, you know, once I build their therapy from the um, MRT test that I use and I'll give them directions on how to follow it, I'll... Tell them, like, for instance, okay, you came reactive with paprika. You can't have paprika. Or, so you can't have paprika. So they'll go and they'll get some black beans in a can. And it's not everywhere that you'll find black beans in a can that doesn't have other added ingredients in there. Mm -hmm. You'll find some at Sprouts here and some at Whole Foods. So they'll just say, see that it says black beans in the front and they didn't look at the back and then they go home to eat it and they're like, our next session or they're um, texting me or emailing me and saying, you know, this symptom happened. And then so now we got to delve back to what you, what did you eat in the last two days? Finding out that they didn't read, they didn't really follow the instructions that I gave them. Right. Because they just looked at the, you know, the front of oh, any is box this is, is black like, beans. right, it just says black beans. So we're like, oh, we're just going to use that. But mm-hmm. you didn't look at the ingredients like I told you to. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I've got one more question. And Melanie, do you have anything you want to ask before I get to this last question? Mm, nothing that's going to derail and like <laughs> end up being a long conversation. I would say um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and one of the things that I've always kind of personally struggled with and I see a lot of my friends struggle with is... Krispy Kreme. It's not Krispy oh, Kreme. Um, Let's be on my damn mind. It is DNA, with dairy products. Yes. Everybody, we love cheese. We love pizza. Mm-hmm. We love macaroni and cheese. And I know dairy is probably one of the worst things for us. So you said you were replacing almond milk, but you can't replace the cheese in the macaroni and cheese. Right. You could with some cashews and whatnot, but it's not going to taste the same. Right. Mm. Um, so I will say this, like one of my issues when I did my test, dairy was my issue. And I can say, I think for almost everyone that I've tested in the last four years, Dairy is a trigger for just about everyone. I'm super lactose. You're lactose intolerant? Like, dairy is a trigger for everybody. And when I was actually inflamed and going through my inflammation, we went to Paris. And when I got to Paris, I was eating all kinds of cheese. Really? All kinds of cheese and Alfredo sauces. Processed differently or something over there? It's processed differently than it is here. Goddamn conspiracy. Government trying to take us out. Somebody's going to believe that. So I'm not going to say that dairy is is bad. It's dairy how is it's made. It may weapon. be the mm. issue that we're having here. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know, we went to Aruba um, a few years later after that. I was having cheese and whatnot. No issues. But I came back here. We went to Bahama Breeze. <laughs> and I had some... Um, what was it? Like a spinach dip or something like that we were having. And I, I took... The tip of my fork, and I te- I tasted it, and the next day <laughs> I had inflammation in my wrist and whatnot. And actually, once I ate it, I felt weird. And that's the thing mm-hmm. with inflammation; like you'll know it doesn't mm-hmm. always happen immediately. It could be delayed, and mm-hmm. then you're not you can't figure out like what it is that you ate that mm-hmm. caused that inflammation. 
So I'm not going to say that dairy is bad overall. It's just, you know. I could have it internationally, just not here. <laughs> it may not be everything. Thank every you. piece of dairy that we eat here is the best. Got it. Cool. Well, the last thing I want to ask is this. If you had one piece of advice that you would give everyone in the world, what would that be? My advice for everyone would be to eat the rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. We are not talking about Skittles. We're not. Oh, we're not talking about Skittles. <laughs> be clear. We're not, not talking sugar, about Skittles. Not the sugar. <laughs> we're not talking about Skittles. Eat the rainbow, y'all. Like, we, we don't have enough variety in our diets. And the more variety that we have, you know, eat just because you're you, you think you're eating healthy and all you're eating is kale, baked or boiled chicken and brown rice every single day for lunch and dinner. That's not healthy overall. No, it's not. Nor is it interesting. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Food eating nutrition shouldn't be boring. You know, healthy eating healthy is not boring. It could be tasty. It's interesting. You just got to mix it up. You can't just eat the same things all the time. Even though, you know, we we kind of eat the same things in a two, three week period, like overall, like one, you know, if right. you look at an individual. We got our but staples. But you can vary it in that two, three week period. You can vary the kind of foods that you eat. Right. The more color you're adding to your meals, the more nutrients you're getting. Okay. And that's including carbohydrates, you know, not overly processed carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not bad for you. We just overdo it. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's really it. But I do want to ask one more just question that popped up. What's, what's your guilty pleasure? What are, what are you jumping into and eating? I should ask your husband. Right now, ask him. Ask <laughs> him to see what he says. What were you going to say? You're not going to say anything? Ooh, pregnant Joanne is completely different from non-pregnant Joanne. Give me both of them. Guilty pleasures right now. It's going to be Krispy Kreme today. I know that. Nope, they owe me some money. Nope, what do we talk about? I don't about know. Them? It depends on what I smell. Like, and it, <laughs> I may not even smell something. It just may be something off of memory that um, I'm thinking of having and whatnot. Ooh, guilty pleasures. Lasagna. Mm-hmm. I'd be sick, but it's so good. I can eat a lot of lasagna. Now, is that pregnant or non-pregnant, Joanne? Non-pregnant. Not, not. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, listen. I've always said I, I know grow, growing up, um, we had we grew up with a lot of people who were like vegetarians and vegans and whatnot. I was like, I could give up meat. <laughs> meat is nothing but cheese. Mm. Cheese was my that was hard to give up. That was it. For the period of time that I had to give it up. So now I devil, I dabble in cheese still. But you know, pizza, lasagna. Don't take me to New York and don't think I'm not gonna get a New York style pizza. Like, I'm just gonna have to I, be inflamed. I don't care if I'm inflamed. I'm gonna have to get a New York style pizza. <laughs> and my husband, you know, we'll drive, like, we'll go to my aunt's house in Jersey and I'm like, we, are we going to New York today? <laughs> we're gonna make it to New York. So we, we get I can that get, pizza. I'm gonna get that pizza. So that's, I would say cheese is my my mm-hmm. my pleasure. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it guilty pleasure. So y'all ain't got no on, guilt. I'm eating this damn pizza. It depends on where I'm getting that cheese from. Like, there's good you know, grade of cheese. Right. Cool. Right. Well, awesome. That's all we got. So the last thing we always do is we give the mic to our guests and let you share whatever it is you want to with the listener. Well. And tell them how to contact you and all that so they can find you. Okay. You, um, you. you can find me on Instagram at Wonderfully Nutritious. 
Um, my website is wonderf- wonderfullynutrition.com or joannefalman.com. Um, I'm also on on Facebook at um, Wonderfully Nutritious by Joanne. <laughs> it's the pregnancy brain. Don't don't blame it up. It's the pregnancy brain. Wonderfully Nutritious by Joanne. So you can find me in um, any of those arenas. What was the other thing you Whatever said? Whatever you want to sell them. What else? What I, so like, if you're interested and you want to start in your wellness journey and you want to do it the right way, you want someone who has, you know, the information that, you know, is going to help you get to where you're at. I, you know, I'm the one. Come come at me. And one of the things that I do right now is I do the mom bod stuff as a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to, I'm trying to retake that term, like mom bod. Like we're, having a mom bod is excellent. Like we work for this. We brought humans into this world. Wait, is mom bod like a bad thing? Like I, it's I'm, been I don't know a this bad one. thing when people yeah. say, well, you got a mom, that's a mom bod. No. Oh. Yeah. We're no, we're. I'm taking. We're, I'm taking that back. So, mom bod retake is basically turning that term into po- a positive thing. So, showing moms how to be healthier and put themselves first, and not right. their family, because we're so much about putting our family first, putting our kids first, and then we put ourselves on the back burner and end up, you know, being overweight, mm-hmm. not eating healthy. And whatnot. So, mom bod is about that. Showing gotcha. mothers, no matter how far postpartum you may be. Help me, please. <laughs> Help you me. look good, girl. You look good. Ooh, you do. It's you a do. struggle. <laughs> I get it. It, it is a struggle. Like you're, you know, your kid leaves food on the on the plate. You're like, dang. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna that, throw away. that away. <laughs> I'm gonna eat it on top of what you've already eaten. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying. We're trying. I'm trying to take that turn back, turning into positive thing making us love ourselves as moms and having a mom bod is not a negative thing. It's an gotcha. awesome thing. Cool. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for coming and spending a little time with us. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had tons of fun. Yeah. Good. Um, I will not be eating that Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it's going to be on your mind. <laughs> you don't pass it. It's going to be on your mind. Mm-mm. Wild Black, we love you. We out. Peace. <laughs>